More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome, everybody. Friday edition of Clay and Buck kicks off right now. Got a lot to dive into with all of you. Uh, John Rich, country music superstar, will be with us in the third hour of the program. Play, I plan to impress him with my extensive knowledge <laughs> of the country music genre, but we'll talk to him about some, some stuff going on in, in the country and certainly in the world of country music. Um, we'll have uh, updates for you as well on now the multiple pauses, which I guess are short ceasefires or various ceasefires that are being demanded by the Biden administration and the international community such as it is with regard to Israel's war against Hamas. So we will have that discussion to be sure here on the program. Uh, we've also got some updates in the Trump legal world. Uh, looks like there may be a delay of the classified documents Mar-a-Lago, Florida federal criminal case, which could also then result in a change of schedule for the January 6th D.C. federal criminal case. It's tough to keep all this stuff straight on the calendar, but we will discuss that. Kamala Harris uh, weighs in on Biden and uh, and Israel stuff. We'll, we'll get to that just because you're going to want to hear what she has to say. Um, but I wanted to start with this one, Clay. Uh, Sam Bankman-Fried. Uh, you know, I live in Miami or, you know, Miami Beach, but Miami, basically. And the FTX arena was what the uh, the big uh, indoor sports arena where the Miami Heat would play. It is no longer the FTX arena because FTX was a crypto exchange based in the Bahamas run by Sam Bankman Freed. They're now saying that the the total financial damage here done by FTX or the, the fraud, the scale of the fraud was between eight and ten billion dollars, right? Well, Sam Bankman Freed has been found guilty 
on all counts against him. Uh, let's see, we have here wire, seven counts of wire fraud, securities fraud, money laundering. Uh, their federal prosecutors proving their case that he swindled customers of FTX and the, and lenders to its affiliated hedge fund, Alameda Research. I, I just think Clay, th- th- there's a, there's a few things here. Uh, one is, on, on a very general sense, when people are basically telling you that they can do financial alchemy, right? That they can just create money out of, out of air, which is what ended up happening with some of these cryptocurrencies, tokens, whatever. Uh, everyone should be very skeptical. When someone is setting up their, their bank effectively, which is, it was like a crypto bank in essence, overseas, you know, I think that should raise some flags, but this guy, I mean, he was the second largest donor, individual donor in the 2022 election cycle. A lot of money to Democrats. There was some money from FTX people to Republicans as well, which everyone always points out, but it was mostly to Democrats. And Clay, he was, he was hailed as a genius. I mean, people were talking about this guy like he was the Steve Jobs, like he was the Elon Musk, the Leonardo da Vinci of cryptocurrency. And it was a scam. 14 months after he was on I believe it was a cover of Forbes asking if he was the next Warren Buffett. He is now probably going to spend much of the rest of his life in prison. And it took, I think, only like four hours of jury deliberation for him to be found guilty. My big takeaway on this was, one, I I, I think there is a massive rush in media to herald people as geniuses when they are involved in things that most people don't understand. And I think for most people out there, crypto is something that most people still don't really understand. And I think you can take advantage of that lack of knowledge when it comes to the way that the media covers you, because most media who write about you are not going to understand crypto either. So whether it's that or, I mean, I would tie this in, Buck, with the Elizabeth Holmes story, which was also entirely fraud, um, in that she never had the ability to diagnose. For people out there who haven't read, what was the name of that great book? And I know they turned Bad it Bad Blood in. by John Perry Rue. Bad, Bad Blood is an incredible read. I would also say there is a great desire for these people to be successes, but what I come back to, and, and this may be an analogy that, that, that isn't made that much. What we decide is fraud versus just a bad business decisions to me is really fascinating. So for instance, it seems quite clear that the Moderna and the Pfizer shots don't work at all. There was a fraud, in my opinion, perpetrated upon the American public, we were all told, hey, go get this shot, and you'll never have to worry about COVID again. That was what they all told us the first time. These companies got tens of billions of American taxpayer dollars, Buck, and then it comes out that their shots basically don't work at all, and even worse than that, that if you're young and, you know, a kid 2 to 5 or you're 12 to 17 you can have way more adverse health effects from these shots than you would have had if you'd ever gotten COVID. And so far, they provided no benefit at all. And even 
for people over the age of 65, there was an increased stroke risk. Yet nothing is going to happen to anybody at Pfizer and Moderna. So what? where do we decide? And I think this is just a, a large question for people out there to think about. Where do we decide when a failed business venture that makes tens of billions of dollars is fraud and when it is just poor business decision-making and the business goes bankrupt and collapses? Because to me, Sam Bankman-Fried's argument was essentially the business just failed, not that I committed fraud. But if you asked me, hey, who's been committing more fraud, FTX or Moderna and Pfizer, my answer would be Moderna and Pfizer. They made way more money off a product that didn't work at all. So I I think it's always interesting. I like, I mean, I like where you're going. I, I, but, but Moderna and Pfizer would say that the federal government basically forced them, right? I mean, it's, it would almost, it's a different situation insofar as, yeah, they were given immunity, but there was also a federal government program to make them make this vaccine as fast as possible and then approve it as fast as possible and then change all the regulations. So what I'm trying to say is the federal government was a was a co-conspirator in that fraud, which is which why which is which, true which is why creates, there's no consequences if right. you get the federal government to conspire with you to perpetrate a much bigger fraud it's like people just pretended it right. never happened in the first place so, and they're gonna say look we just we made the thing as best as we could the federal government gave us immunity and they said you know we want the shot asap and that's you know so so they're very which lucky is, by in the way respect. buck yeah why also if you're doing all that you shouldn't get all the profits yeah. Right. You talk about well, an incredible gig that they got. I mean, if you told me, hey, the federal government is going to take all the risk for away from you, you risk nothing, but you get all the upside. That's a hell of a good deal, right? Yeah. Um. But but on the Sam Bankman Freed side of things, I'm, I think the part of this where he, first of all, they they put, I think he said, I do not recall. They claimed like 140 times when he when he took the stand. Um. I mean, that's a lot of I don't recall, and it's not like this was 20 years ago or something, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a lot of I don't recall. Um, also, and then, by not recalling Buck, always benefiting himself, right? Yeah. You know, all of the I don't recalls were to avoid him acknowledging that he had engaged in illegal activity. So if you always don't recall, like if he didn't recall super positive things too, you'd be like, well, this guy's got a really bad memory. All of the I don't recalls happened to benefit him when it came to his criminal culpability. So, so there's, there's that. And, and then also, I mean, to take people, they were taking money, as I understand it, from people to buy cryptos and hold them on their exchange. So people think of it almost like, you know, you're buying stocks on an exchange, right? Like if you're, if you're buying, uh, you know, if you're buying, um, IBM and it's on NASDAQ or whatever, like you think, okay, well, they're, they're holding the stock or that's the exchange I'm buying the stock on. But then he took the money that he was getting for those and, and putting it into these other bets. So yes. it would be like if you were dropping money off at your bank, make it even easier. And your bankers were saying, Oh no, we hold this for you. Don't worry. We've got this. But actually, they were going to Vegas and like letting it ride on the casino. Now, banks do lend out money, and there is that's there the is business. some, yeah. but they're right. But there's a federal backing of you know the FDIC for what you, for what you have, and, and there also there's a limit about how much you can actually of your right. assets be able to put out, and how much you have to keep, and everything else. But yeah, I mean that that's the ultimate tension here. He was using 
the nest eggs that people were putting in that they thought were safe to make investments and there were not enough safeguards between the two such that when those investments collapsed, the entire entity, like a house of cards, came crumbling down. His defense was these were just bad business decisions, not fraud, again, which is an interesting angle to try to contemplate, right? What is the difference between a fraud that is perpetrated and a bad business decision? And and obviously the jury didn't buy the bad business decision aspects. He also tried, Buck, and I'll point this out. There were lots of lawyers who made tens of millions of dollars in legal fees that signed off on much of what he was doing. And so he was also trying to say, hey, there are a lot of lawyers who made a lot of money telling me that I could do everything that I wanted to do. In other words, that he wasn't behaving in a way without legal counsel having reviewed everything. But it seems like what clearly happened was this guy I do think is very smart, but he just got caught up in uh in a collapsing market um and somebody well, took advantage of his exposure well you know he also he also recognized the power of leveraging the system right leveraging the system so that you can create this you know extra room extra space for you to do whatever it is you want to do um you know he was i i believe didn't he testify uh, or he was part of like the committee looking into how to regulate crypto. I mean, think about that. This would be like having Bernie Madoff run the SEC or something, folks. I mean, this is totally nuts. He also realized the power of celebrity. I mean, he paid Tom Brady, who look, I don't think Tom Brady knew that any of this was illicit or anything, but he, he paid Tom Brady 50, 50 million bucks for yeah. 20 hours of work because I mean, who doesn't trust Tom Brady? The guy's a winner. You know what I mean? And like Larry that's... David and Giselle Bunchen, lots of people made it. Steph Curry, I think. Lots of people who are famous made lots of money. And I think it goes to the heart of this. And we talked about this with the non-fungible tokens, the NFTs. Yeah. Study history of mania. Many times mania arises because people are afraid that they aren't smart enough to understand something new. And they're missing and out and they're missing out, and they get taken advantage of. And I think that's much of the story of crypto, because a lot of people out there are listening to us right now really have no basis in knowledge in crypto, and I, frankly, I think most of right. you will, don't really need to for the rest of your life, right? But when the value of it is such, and there's so much wealth, now the new thing is AI, right? Everybody's obsessed with AI and all the change of AI. Remember it was like a couple of years ago? Everybody was writing about meta, right? The metaverse yeah. is going to be this new thing. And so there's always a new new. Sometimes it's like the internet. It is something that's going to public, you know, transform all of life forever. But lots of times it's like NFTs and they aren't actually rooted in any solid foundation. All right. Let's talk about something else for a second here from our sponsor, Phoenix Capital. You worked hard to build your retirement savings. You deserve an investment that delivers consistent returns without compromising your financial security. Phoenix Capital Group wants to help fuel your growth. You can invest in their corporate bonds through your 401k and IRA to start earning tax-deferred annual returns ranging from 9 to 13%. There are multiple options with different rates and terms to choose from. Phoenix Capital Group is providing investors a new high-yield option investing in domestic energy assets. Start earning these high yields and learn more about multiple offerings today at phxonair.com. 
Learn more by downloading the free investment packet today, phxonair.com. You can diversify your investments and earn 9 to 13% annual interest. Before making investment decisions, you should carefully consider and review all risks involved. Visit phxonair.com today. They're here to shed light on the truth every day. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been The podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is that is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Um... It seems quite clear that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has decided to step up his attacks on Trump. Uh, And last night, he said, it's no time for foot fetishes. Listen to Cut uh, 11. This is no time for foot fetishes. We've got serious problems as a country. I know uh, Donald Trump and a lot of his people have been focusing um, on things like footwear. I'll tell you this. 
You know, if Donald Trump can summon the balls to show up to the debate, I'll wear a boot on my head. This is a time for substance. This is a time for us to debate the issues that matter to the American people. And the question is, is are you able to fight for them, which we have done in Florida? Are you able to win those fights, which we have been able to do in Florida? And are you able to lead uh, to a better tomorrow? We've done that in Florida, and we'll do that uh, for the United States of America. Okay, so there's a context here, Clay, which is that there have been a series of troll attacks or maneuvers on DeSantis, specifically um, mocking him for having lifts, they allege, in his cowboy boots. Now, he wears cowboy boots frequently with yeah. a suit, and they have claimed, I mean, this is very silly, but this is the way politics are these days, that he has, uh, that he's basically, you know, he's wearing like lifts. I mean, he's, he's trying to make himself Making taller. Making himself taller. Yeah. Than, than, than he is. I don't know why this got the attention that it has online, but it has gotten a lot of attention in the last week. And so Ron is hitting back here at Trump world, but he's, I mean, there's a clear escalation because I think he sees the numbers. And I, I, I look, I think the only person, the only people who really think they can be president or they can win this other than the Trump, as we've discussed, are Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley. I mean, no one yeah. else, no one else is going to be able to pull or, or, or can even imagine that they would be able to pull it off at this point. Um, he's, he wants him to, he wants to goad him into at least one debate. I don't, I don't think that will happen. I don't think Trump will change, but I do think Trump is going to, uh, verbally open fire online about some of this stuff. I mean, not that he hasn't been doing that for a yeah, long time. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I, we, you and I have met all of these candidates. I think I've met them all now face to face. I could be wrong on that, but I think I've met pretty much everybody face to face. We certainly had everybody on the show. I've never seen DeSantis and thought, oh, he's short. So, uh, you know, sometimes guys who are like five, seven or five, eight will try to do something to appear taller. I'm six foot. I've always thought DeSantis is roughly my height. Uh, and so I, I think that's interesting, but I do think that there is a definite now attack element to Ron DeSantis and he's going basically after Trump. And I don't know how the calculations occurred on this, but I don't think it's coincidental. Look, they're going all in on Iowa, and they have bought all their ads, and they believe that they are going to give Trump a real run in Iowa. And the only way you can give Trump a real run in Iowa is by actually going after Trump. So they seem to have basically taken the gloves off in terms of really going after him head-to-head. We'll talk about that in a little bit more when we come back. In the meantime... Mike Lindell always looking for ways to solve everyday problems. For instance, towels. How many awful towels are there out there? Uh, that's why he's created the My Towels. They're great. They stay soft, absorbent, don't fall apart. And now they've got two brand new lines for you to try. You can get a six-piece set for an amazing introductory price as low as $29.98 with the promo code Clay and Buck. You can get the designer premium line. Just 20 bucks more, no matter what set you decide on, 50% in savings. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special to check out the new six-piece towel sets, 50% off in savings. Remember, enter the promo code Clay and Buck. You can also call 800-792-3269. These are a game changer in the bathroom. MyPillow.com. Use the code Clay and Buck. 
We're expecting non-farm payrolls to be around 180,000, 150,000, 150,000. That versus 336,000. There are revisions coming. The cumulative revision over two months, minus 101,000. The unemployment rate, and do keep in mind our last look, on the unemployment rate was pretty important because we had 3.8. It moves up again to 3.9, 3.9. 3.9 would be the highest level going all the way back actually to January, to January when we were at 4%. Clay, there you had CNBC's Rick Santelli, the man who launched the Tea Party back in the day from the Chicago Mercantile Exchange floor. Um, hey, when he launched the Tea Party, it just... Fun, fun fact, or I, I shouldn't say fun fact. Interesting fact. Uh, what was the, what was the debt then? It was, you know, it's 32, Three, 33, trillion, 33 now. trillion now. I think it was less than half what it no, is. No, no, no. It was, it was hit, about to hit 10. That's what I said. I said less than half. Yeah, yeah. So but I mean, like, yeah. it's gone up 23 trillion dollars since the Tea Party. I think the jumping off point was, hey, we're hitting 10 trillion in debt. That's unacceptable. And now yeah. we've added 23 more trillion, uh, to the national debt. And, and, and we have uh, effectively the uniparty and, uh, a, a generally a, a consensus on Capitol Hill that they should start sending billions and billions of dollars more to both Ukraine and then billions of dollars to Israel. So a lot of spending still going on, folks. Um, but Clay, on the economy point here for a second, look, it, the Biden team, it's not Biden really, right? The Biden team is going to do everything that they can to paper over the weak spots in this economy, and they're going to make every maneuver they can. You know, they're already talking about another student loan forgiveness of some kind. They're they're going to use the money spigot selectively to try to turn on voters in some places. You know, it's, look, it's politics. It's dirty. This is how they're going to do it. But I do think that we're heading into, I think we're heading into rough economic waters. I, I think that they've used the tools they have. A lot of this stuff, there's a lot of lagging indicators or a lot of time delayed fuses, if you will, in the economy based on the very high rates where, that we currently have. We have, uh, still very high prices on food and gas. Uh, inflation remains very stubborn for those who can least afford the tax on Working people, that is, uh, you know, the wage earning class, that is inflation. So I, I think this is a, a, a liability politically for the Democrats. I, and it's one that I think is going to get worse. I, I agree. And here's a couple of things that need to be reinforced, I think, time after time. Yes, inflation has come down, but you never get to dial back the inflation that occurred. So when you're out there and you're saying, my goodness, Fast food restaurant prices, which I notice, are up 40% compared to before Joe Biden was in office. That's never coming back down. In fact, prices are likely to continue to go up. They'll just go up at a slower rate. And what were we talking about the other day? I was looking at, uh, reading from the Wall Street Journal, the price of a gallon of orange juice, now nine bucks. My mom texted me from the grocery store. She was actually listening to us. Live, it's right around $9 for a gallon of orange juice. I think a lot of you out there, your jaw kind of drops because you think $9 is not an insubstantial amount of money. Uh, the price of cereal, 
when you go into the aisle and see what it costs to buy cereal for your kids, whatever uh, cereals you may be buying, they're off the charts now. And that money's not coming back down. And what's going to have to happen, I thought the Santelli clip that we played, Buck, is we basically have gotten it back to 9%. Uh, we, we had 9% inflation. We've basically gotten it back now to 4% unemployment, which is where it started in January. And the lie that the Biden administration is going to sell is they keep saying, oh, we've created X number of jobs. No, no, no. When you actually look at what the Biden economy has done, a huge percentage of those jobs were people being able to go back to their actual right. jobs, right? They, they just stopped eliminating or stopped the the freeze on Correct. jobs, the artificial freeze. So when you go look at the numbers, look at when he says, I took office on January 20th of 2021. Since that time, we've added, and I don't know what it is, he says 13, 14 million jobs. A huge percentage of those jobs are not new jobs. They just allowed people to go back to the jobs that they had that they were telling them stay home from because COVID's too dangerous for you to be able to work. So the more interesting aspect to look at is the unemployment rate. And the unemployment rate's now at 3.9%. I think we're likely to finish the year, Buck, at right about where we started the year. And it's going to go over 4%, I think, during the course of 2024. Santelli over at CNBC also got into the underemployment situation and labor force participation. I want to talk about how the numbers can be fudged, if you will, in a lot of these things and what the government's going to be doing. But play 10 here. Finally, the underemployment rate, which is 7.2, it continues to move up. Maybe I saved the best for last. Labor force participation, 62.7. It's going in the wrong direction. Our last look was 62.8. That was the best since February of 2020. Look, I, I think that people will start to, I, I hope they will start to think, what was it like in the third year of the Trump presidency at this point? What, what was the economy like? And and there was almost a feeling of euphoria of unemployment so low, stock market so high, business growth, Industry, everything. Inflation just, so low. Inflation so low, right. You know, just booming. Everything was absolutely crushing it, right? And in, in a good way. Um, and now you look at what's happening and you're going to have a Biden regime that's trying to convince people that the economic they pay, the economic pain they feel is not real or is offset in some way by some benefit that the Biden regime has offered or, or whatever, right? They're going to have to do a lot of spin and a lot of messaging on this. And, you know, ultimately, um, I think that you're going to see people recognizing that they, uh, that there's going to be challenges for the housing market for certainly, uh, commercial real estate for a long time because of rates and because of what's happened here. The hangover of Biden spending and also the continuation of uh, COVID policies way, way beyond what anybody thought could be reasonable or rational is something you're, you're literally paying for, as in higher prices, more, you know, higher, higher gas, higher food, higher rent. Yeah, the February 2020 number that he hit, Santelli there, that's so interesting is I believe it's true that the labor force participation has still not recovered from the COVID shutdowns. Remember that February 2020 number is before COVID began to take an impact in the United States. So 
we don't have as many people as a percentage of the labor force, I believe this is correct, working today as we did in February of 2020. That's with coming up on four years to try to make up for the shutdowns that happened with COVID. The embedded and ingrained inflation, 8% mortgages, Buck. This 8% mortgage world has... The average home now costs $400,000 a year. I think it's 394000 I think, is what the average home, the mean, uh, across the, the, the nation now costs. When you look at what is required in order to take out and buy a home of that price, there's a huge percentage of Americans that cannot afford that at an 8% interest rate environment. Now, I believe the numbers are 80% of people have who have homes right now have low interest rate loans but if you have a two and a half three percent three and a half percent mortgage congratulations the problem as many of you out there listening to me are nodding along is you can't afford to give that up and move somewhere else so the housing market is fundamentally broken right now because you have people that would like to maybe trade up or trade down. Your kids are grown and you don't need as much space. Or you're adding to your family. You want to move to a new school district. You can't afford to do it because you're fortunate to have that 25 or 3% rate. But you're not going to give that up because you can't afford to take the next step in either direction. Either you're aging and you don't need as much space or you've got a young family and you need more space. Everybody's stuck. And the end result is there isn't enough inventory of housing. And it's actually, in many cities, way more affordable right now to rent than it is to try to deal with taking out an 8% mortgage. So I I just think there's a lot of mess here. And the big miscalculation by the Biden team, which it stuns me that they could be this dumb, was to try to argue that Bidenomics was a good thing. And now they've mostly started to, de- to kind of yeah. like abandon that argument because people look around and they're like, Bidenomics sucks. This it's is the worst like, argument uh, ever. Kind of like when Kamala was the border czar and then they were like, you don't go to the border. You know nothing about the border and the border's wide open. It's like maybe she shouldn't be the border czar anymore. You know, they had to walk back from that one. Well, now so. she'll handle Islamophobia instead. But Buck, this is reminds me of like when you're a kid, when you're trying to get your kids to eat, you can't convince them that broccoli's dessert. That's kind of, kids are smart enough. Hey, we got a great dessert for you. Okay. What is it? What is it? Is it ice cream? Is it cake? Broccoli. It feels like the Biden administration, Bidenomics is basically arguing broccoli's dessert. At least you're talking about, you know, about humans there. My, the puppy clay, the puppy's training me, man. I, 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 this thing, it wins every argument. I try to get it to go in the, in the little cage. It's not the cage. What's it called? The little, you know, doesn't like it. If I leave it for for five seconds, it starts yelping. This it is why this hand. is why I'm saying clip everything that you say about kids, and every opinion that you have about kids is going to reverse after six months of parenting. I'm um, I'm 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 starting to change a little bit of my outlook here on how easy it is to uh, to manage, you know, other living creatures <laughs> that, yes, are, that are that are me. young, you know, that are that need rearing and parenting, etc. Um, all right, look. The Preborn Network of Clinics, I want to talk to you about this right now. They're set up nationwide to save the lives of unborn children. They successfully do that every day, saving as many as 200,000 children a year. How do they do it? They welcome pregnant mothers making the decision between life and abortion for their unborn baby. 
Preborn provides them with a free ultrasound to meet their child, to hear the heartbeat, and to witness the movement of their unborn child. They also offer counseling both during the pregnancy and for up to two years after the baby is born. Preborn's mission is to bring the hearts and souls of mothers and babies together. All services are free, provided by donations from people like you and me that believe that life starts with conception. They need your help. If you have the means, would you consider a leadership gift to save babies in a big way? Your tax-deductible donation of $5,000 will sponsor Preborn's entire nationwide network of clinics for 24 hours, helping to save the lives of perhaps up to 200 babies. To donate, use your cell phone, dial pound 250, and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, say baby. Or donate securely at preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K. Preborn has a 100% charity rating, so you can give with confidence. Help save an innocent life today. Go to preborn.com slash buck. The Clay and Buck Podcast Deep Dives with cool content, surprise guests. Get it all on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I 
detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Your Department of Justice, my Department of Justice, clearly has a different standard of justice for Democrats and for Republicans. Most of the time, it's never even pointed out. Top of the next hour, I'm going to talk to you about the fact that yours truly is now under the very first IRS audit of my life that happens to correspond with the tax return when I started to work on this radio show. It's amazing, the coincidence. And I'll talk about that a little bit more about clearly being targeted, in my opinion, based on what your political views are by this Joe Biden administration. But even when you're on film violating the law, even when they have you dead to rights, there's no argument that you have at all, you get preferential treatment. We've seen it with Hunter Biden. We've seen it with Jamal Bowman, a congressman from New York. CNN, I think this is Manu Raju, actually managed to catch up with him and said, hey, man, you know, all the stories that you told about why you pulled that fire alarm, yeah, they're all lies. We've seen the video. Listen to this interaction, though. Why did you uh, plead guilty to knowingly pulling that fire alarm when you said that you didn't know it? Initially, you told all of us you didn't know there's a fire alarm. We're still talking about this, man. That's behind me. That's been adjudicated. We're done. Pay the fine, move forward, and three months will be dismissed. But you weren't, you didn't, you weren't straight about what happened initially. I was very straight. I was straight from the very beginning. You said you okay. didn't know, though. I was straight from the beginning. Someone yes. did invoke that today on the House floor, though. What's that? That incident, the fact that you had, Come on, been, man. you've actually pleaded guilty, and he is still just being charged. Yeah, whatever, man. That's all good. Any other questions about anything else? Well, can you just explain why you said no, that man, initially? We already talked about this. Anything else? All right. Well, so here's what I can I tell you what I think is going on here. I think some of these Capitol Hill reporters, I mean, that's a CNN, that was a CNN reporter, right? And others, they, I'm not sure who else was talking yeah. to be fair, but yes. But, but at least one of the CNN reporter, they, they tried to go along with the like, it was a mistake because that was his initial thing. Yeah. And now, and now they all look stupid. To our point, they'll, they'll do whatever they can for the narrative, but journalists, they tend to be, uh, thin skinned and they tend to be, uh, very self-important and narcissistic, while also deeply insecure. Although that, you know, that kind of narcissism uh, is not that unusual, right? Where you kind of yeah. think you're amazing, but also are deeply insecure. Um, they don't like being made to look like fools. And anybody who went along with the Jamal Bowman, I didn't know what I was doing, and I pulled this thing, and who knew what it was, looks foolish now because the guy obviously pleaded guilty to it because we've seen the video, and the video shows he knew exactly what he was doing. And, uh, it, you know, the whole thing is kind of bizarre. But what I think is, I mean, if I, I don't blame, uh, Congressman Bowman here for being like, come on, that's past, like, what else are you going to say, right? Like, come on, that's past us. Like, that's all he can really say. But when he starts saying, I've been straight from the beginning, it's like, no, 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 no. You definitely lied. What about this, Buck? The DC Justice Department is prosecuting every January 6th defendant to the full extent of the law. How much easier of a case can there be than the Jamal Bowman case? It should legitimately take, if you, if you actually prosecuted him to the full extent of the law, you have him dead to rights on that video. 
walking up, pulling the alarm, ripping down the sign. You're going to try to get him on obstruction of Congress, right, or obstruction of official proceedings. Because pulling the fire alarm, like no one actually goes to prison for the first time in D.C., I can tell you, for pulling the fire alarm. Correct. Or at least a lot of people don't. If you applied the full extent of the logic to him that you did to the January 6th defendants, arguably, as a member of Congress, Mm. he should be held to a higher standard when it comes to disruption. I actually think, Buck... I think they're afraid they couldn't get a conviction because he's a Democrat and he would just say whatever BS of argument he made. I wonder if that's part of the reason. In I, addition, I hadn't to even the thought fact, about that. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't think I think if Jamal Bowman had faced actual charges on this, uh, he would not he would not be convicted. I, I would get I would a have DC jury a sizable bet that a DC jury would say no. He's Jamal Bowman. He's Team Democrat. Good to go. That's why the whole D.C. situation, and especially when you get into like the federal courts there, is concerning. And the weaponization of the federal bureaucracy play is very concerning. Your boy, listening to me right now, I got an IRS audit notice in the mail. It's never happened before to me. They start to do it literally the first year I'm doing this show. I'm going to talk about it next. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.